You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new Centerfire Rifle Ammunition Terminal Ascent. Now, the Terminal Ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low-velocity expansion at longer ranges. The Terminal Ascent gives you match-grade long-range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet and it comes in a variety of cartridges including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06 and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com and while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Hopefully, everybody has been having a good life. Hopefully, if uh, you're like me, I only got out a couple, a couple times to go shed hunt found one shed myself my wife found the match side to it and uh, i'll tell you what it's really cool um i i know my wife is not into this whole whitetail thing like i am uh but she enjoys going out and looking for shed antlers with me and we found uh it's sitting on, on right here on my uh on my desk here i'm gonna guess like 120 125 inch eight point you know, eight point buck uh, matching set. I, I don't think I have any um, history with this deer, but you know what I'm getting at is hopefully you all got the opportunity to get out and do some shed hunting, do some scouting with uh, whether there's snow on the ground where you, where you live, or uh, you know get out and look for those new places to hunt. But um, yeah, that's what uh, that's what we've I've been doing in the past couple weeks is getting outside. Uh, I mean, it's been it's been nice the past couple of weeks. And we had a, a snowstorm here just a couple of days ago here in Iowa, and uh, now we're kind of thawing out of all of that again. But uh, it's almost turkey season, and I'm pretty excited for turkey season this year because my my uh, wife I don't think I think she's kind of lost interest in it. Um, she's killed like five birds in the past like seven years, and uh, she's kind of. I think she's kind of over it. I don't. I don't know. She just, the passion just isn't there with her for that. 
Uh, she likes fishing and she'll go fishing pretty much anytime. But uh, I think we're going to be passing this tradition on to the kids. And I don't know if this is legal or not. I can do whatever I want. It's my kids. But I'm going to be pulling my daughter out of school on the Friday of the Iowa turkey season. And we're going to go do a three-day turkey hunt down on, on my main farm. And we're really going to go out and try to get the job done in the turkey woods and she's going to be sitting in between my legs she's going to be watching me call um i'm going to have the old 20 gauge out and if one gets close enough the goal is for her to be there while i am uh you know while i'm i guess uh, doing the hunt and i want her to, to just watch everything i think it would be really cool if i could get a tom to strut right in and just get blown away by the whole interaction right because when i when i uh did my turkey hunts for the first time and granted this was in, in my 20s i i feel like my uncle did a really good job of calling a turkey in and me just witnessing the whole you know popping his head up then strutting getting close a whole bunch of times and you could hear them drum and uh that right there those encounters just like solidified the turkey hunt for me and it's something that i really want to do and i want to pass down that uh those experiences to my daughter and my sons and hopefully they get uh as fired up about these outdoor things including deer hunting and fishing and mushroom hunting and shed hunting as i do and i can spend you know just spend time with them in creation so that's the that's the whole that's the whole goal of all this anyway and uh and i just i love the 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 gobbles and and the i don't know it's awesome and i know you guys agree but today we have one of those episodes where I just get blown away at some of these stories where a brand new hunter goes out, kills a doe opening uh, opening day. He practices for a couple months, right? Uh, his bow explodes, and uh, so he has to buy a brand new bow, get it set up like three weeks before the season starts. He goes out, he shoots a doe opening morning, and then he... <laughs> And then, uh, like a handful of days later, or weeks later, it's November 10th, and he slays a 165-inch 15-point buck. And a little part of me hates people like that. I, I, I don't know why, and I say this all joking, right? But the kid who's maybe 10 years old shoots a 200-inch buck, or a guy goes out for his first season and shoots a 165-inch buck, whether it's in accident or whether it's skill involved i just am like oh i've been hunting for like i've been hunting for this x a number of years and and i've never had an encounter with these type of animals or i've never you know got the opportunity to shoot or i've blown opportunities or or whatever and so i just i have to chuckle at those types of scenarios but uh, that's what today's uh, podcast is about we're going to be talking with john engstrom Uh, we talk about this guy who grew up in florida his dad had a little bit of a hunting uh, background when they lived in Pennsylvania, but when he was 10, he moved down to Florida and there was no hunting uh, type of activities until he turned 26 or like early 20s. And he went up to it, Pennsylvania with his dad for a couple, uh, a couple rifle hunts, you know, didn't think anything of it. His job and then he got a job in Nebraska, moved to Nebraska and uh basically fell in with a group of guys who are just hardcore bow hunters 
kind of convinced him to pick up a bow and one thing led to another and here's his, his first season so we're going to talk about that whole experience that introduction uh, how he built the foundation you know to this passion what he calls uh, you know this he and you can hear in his voice this dude is just excited to be a bow hunter now and i wish everybody could listen to the excitement in this voice in his voice and uh, share that with someone else who may be on the fence about bow hunting or hunting in general so uh, his name is uh, John Ingstrom uh, he lived in Nebraska into the 2020 season he's recently moved to Illinois but it's just a really good episode about being introduced to to hunting and then falling in love with it and uh, I wish I wish there was more people out there who were pushing. And he had great mentors, to be honest with you, mentors who stuck with him uh, and were there to support him with his questions and his pursuit to learn archery and, you know, walking out to the woods. And, and you will hear him talk about how ignorant he was, like, what is a rub? What is a scrape? But if we are trying to be mentors, we need to slow down and, and, and dumb it down sometimes and talk to people who need that type of advice, who need that type of education about the basics of deer hunting. And oftentimes I feel that we go overboard and we don't, uh, you know, we, we, we talk about this high level strategy when sometimes maybe it'd be best to just talk about the basics. Uh, and that's a little foreshadowing. We got some cool things coming uh, about the basics of deer hunting. So, all right, huge intro. I do apologize uh, for going deep, but we got to do a couple uh, commercials real quick. First one, wasp archery. You guys have heard me talk about wasp archery for uh, years now. I mean, they, they're one of the first partners of this podcast. And I'll tell you what, uh, I love their products. The material they use is top grade. The design and engineering is top grade. The people that work for the company are top grade. And um, they have a variety of products, whether you're a mechanical guy or a fixed blade guy. Uh, for me, I am a little bit of both. I'm going to be going elk hunting out in uh, Wyoming, hopefully, if I draw this year. And uh, I'm going to pro- I'm going to be using a fixed blade at that point. But uh, then I might change it up to uh, a mechanical head for my mule deer and my uh, whitetail hunts. And this year, I killed my buck with. Um, uh, a jackhammer and in the past i've used a boss four blade those are my two favorite heads from wasp you can go look up at their whole lineup wasparchery.com and if you want to save 20 percent, you can use the discount code nine fingers 2020 and that's the number nine fingers 2020 and that's going to save you 20 percent off the next is our title sponsor that's vortex optics <laughs> like I, I just love what these guys are doing they are they are they're straight up giving back to uh, not only conservation but to the hunting community through tutorials and education and like everything that I'm doing they're doing as well and I love partnering with them because they are passionate about the demographic that they are marketing to and I hope that makes sense because it 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 means a lot to me right they're not just trying to have a business. Yes, they, they, they want to make money just like any other business, but they also want to support the people who are buying their products. And they're doing that in a variety of different ways. And one of them is this outdoor or this vortex edge thing that they're doing. And it's basically about teaching 
educating people about how to shoot guns and uh, a whole bunch of different things with their optics. So uh, what I'm going to strongly recommend right now is to go to vortexoptics.com and just check out this Vortex Edge thing that they're doing. It's a huge push on education uh, for all types of uh, firearm users, and I really think it's going to benefit a lot of people, and I think you guys need to check it out, vortexoptics.com. And while you're there, check out the binos and the spotting scopes and uh, the new tripod that I'm pretty anxious to uh, try out and the range finders and the rifle scopes, all that stuff, man. They just have, uh, they're just an awesome company with awesome products and they're doing awesome things straight up. So, all right, there is the commercials for the day. Please go out and support the companies that support uh, the Nine Finger Chronicles. And uh, let's get into today's episode with John Ingstrom. Three, two, one. All right, on the phone with me right now, Mr. John Ingstrom. John, how are we doing? I'm awesome. How are you doing today, Dan? Doing good, man. I tell you what, I'm not sure where you're at right now at this moment, but uh, the last two days or three days, maybe even the last week, it's been just this gorgeous, you know, like spring weather, sunny weather, you know, outside in in a t-shirt or a hooded sweatshirt and then mother nature turns around and kicks us right in the nuts again with this snowstorm that came through iowa and uh now it's uh like 27 degrees outside and i'm i'm not very happy yeah it sucks i was outside walking today and it was like sleeting and it like the little pellets just like sting and i'm like what is this i was like outside like in the woods a week ago this sucks yeah i thought we were done but apparently not guess not guess not and that's that's always what happens in the midwest is you know they tease us with a little bit of nice weather and then something like this happens and then maybe one maybe two worst case scenario two of these come through between now and uh the first of april and then from there on out it's uh back to business as usual but the only plus side of that is, like, I am excited to, I think, on Wednesday, I'm going to go out and, like, go look around, do some scouting, and see if I can find some fresh tracks out in all this snow. Oh, yeah. And see if I can get some more sign. Yeah. That I'm excited about. The weather sucks, though. I'm, I'm like, I'm good on that. But I'll tell you what, for those who um, are new, and, and we're going to get into all this here in a little bit, and, and this is a little precursor, but you're new to hunting. And uh, I actually did a podcast, oh, a couple weeks ago, I think, where I talked about the advantages of hunting or scouting in the snow and how you how the tracks and the trails that you can identify in the snow lead to can help you lead to success in the fall. So, um, yeah, definitely something that people should take advantage of while the snow is on the ground. Was that um, the one with uh, the guy from Extra Trail Cameras? I think it was. Yes. Yep. That was with Chad. So I think, yep. Yep. I, I listened to that on my drive out to go scouting. Cause I was like, I'm starting, I'm starting to like learn a lot more and read a lot more Yeah, and like listen to more podcasts. And I, was, I saw that. And I was like, Oh, scouting right now. Like I've heard that this is a good thing. So like, I'm going to listen to this podcast. Like, so I listened to that podcast and I was like, this is like exactly what I'm trying. This is information that is relevant. Like right now. Right. Especially. And like, as soon as I heard that it was going to snow, I was like, Oh, sweet. I'm going to need to get out in the woods and check out some spots. Right. Absolutely, man. Well, John, um, let's kind of kick things off here with the the same question that I uh, ask everybody. Where do you live? What do you do for a living? Um, 
right now I'm living in just outside of uh, a little bit west of Chicago in Illinois. Okay. Um, and I'm actually working, I'm a director at working at Chick-fil-A here in um, Illinois. Oh, cool. All right. So you work for Chick-fil-A. Uh, every time I drive by a Chick-fil-A, dude, they're busy. So you must be busy all the time. Oh, dude, it's nuts. The only thing that slows us down is actually this weather. <laughs> People just don't want to be out. <laughs> right, right. I awesome. guess it's good to get a break, but, you know, if uh, you make your money off Chick-fil-A, uh, it's good to be busy. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, a blast. Like, we have a great time and good company to work for and all that. But Yeah. Well, you actually... Um, you actually were uh, are not from the Midwest originally, though, right? That is correct. I grew up in Orlando, Florida, and I just moved to Nebraska in 2019, the fall of 2019. Okay. And then just moved to uh, Illinois in January of 2021. Okay. So you kind of, in the last couple of years, have just been kind of a, a hectic schedule for you. Yeah, I mean, it's been cool. I've been, like, moving around, so I've been, like, figuring out where I want to be and what I'm doing, and the, it's just been a really cool journey, all of it, and um, gotten me a lot of exposure to different places. Like, growing up in Orlando is very different from living in the Midwest in Nebraska, and even living in the Midwest in Illinois now is, like, really different from Nebraska, and honestly, like, I love it. It's really cool to be able to see and experience different things from where I grew up. Yeah. So... I want to ask you, uh, kind of going all the way back to your childhood, did you, did you come from an outdoors family when I, and what I mean by outdoors is hunting or fishing or trapping or anything like that? Um, yes and no. Um, growing up as a kid, um, I never really was into any of it, but my dad and his brothers were all, um, deer hunters. They grew up in Pennsylvania and they all hunted deer up there. Okay, so you have a, you have a loose but, loose connection to deer hunting. Yep, and I'd gone on a couple of trips rifle hunting in Pennsylvania with my dad. Um, unfortunately, unsuccessfully, but that my dad was like the reason why I was interested in going on those trips to begin with. Okay, now you know when when people think of deer hunting, you know. People don't think Florida, right? So when you when your family moved or your dad's originally from there, and I take it he moved d down to Florida then at some point. That's correct. Okay, we moved to Florida when I was like ten. So I grew. I, I was born in Pennsylvania, but I I kind of like grew up in Orlando. Okay, so uh, then did your dad make trips up? to go hunt in Pennsylvania every, every year, or did he make it a point to try to find places to hunt in Florida or closer to home? Just with the way that like his work was. And, um, I also have five siblings, so we had our hands full at the house. Um, hunting wasn't really, uh, anything that there wasn't really any hunting that we did in, um, Florida at all. And it was really kind of only, we went two years, I think maybe, I think I went in the, I think I, we went in 2018 and 2019. We made two trips to Pennsylvania to rifle hunt. Okay. And other than that, that was the only hunting that my dad and I did or that my dad did, um, 
in the time that I was growing up. We fished some in Florida, which was awesome. Um, but that was pretty much it for outdoors as a kid. Yeah. All right. So kind of, uh, then fast forwarding quite a bit, of, you know, a bit of time is, you know, when you went on the, and you said 2018 and 2019 were your first ever hunting trips to Pennsylvania with a rifle. What, like, what was that experience like for someone who had never been hunting before? And then how old were you at this point? Oh Lord, I don't have to do math. Um, so 2019, I think I would have been 20-something. 20, 20 I don't know, I'm terrible at math. How old are you right now? <laughs> um, I, I'm 25, actually, so I guess I would have been like, early 20s. Oh God, 23, right. 24. Okay. Yeah, early 20s. All right, and, and what was that experience like for you? I mean, I had, I had no idea what we were doing, but it was awesome. It was like... We went out and took rifles out in the woods, and we were just sitting out there, like, we were getting excited, and um, the one year, we had both sex tags, and we saw, like, nothing. Actually, no, the first year, I, we went, and I had a shot on a doe that I took. It was, like, a 75-yard shot up a hill or something like that, and I was, like, shaking like a leaf, so I completely missed it. Didn't even hit them. Um that deer ran and I had, I was using my dad's gun that he bow or that he hunted with when he was a kid at, um, Ramington 760, a pump 30 out six. And I pumped it and I guess I didn't, it didn't eject or whatever. So I had a follow-up shot that was actually, I had to cross out on the deer cause they stopped after they ran and I got a click, which was very disappointing. Oh, bummer. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it was awesome. I was like, I didn't really know what we were doing, but it was fun. I, you know, I got to spend a lot of quality time with my dad, which I really enjoyed. Like, we got to hang out and, like, then, you know, after you're done hunting, you go hang out at the hotel and get food. It was awesome. I got a lot of um, good quality time with my dad. Yeah. So, it was honestly, it was fun, even though we didn't get anything. Right. So, then you moved to Nebraska. In when did you move to Nebraska? It was like September 2019. Okay. Had you picked up a bow and started practicing before that? Or was that something that, you know, you said to yourself, okay, I'm here. Uh, I hear there's good whitetails. I want to become a bow hunter. So actually, it's a crazy story. Um, I had never picked up a bow before in my life. Um, Actually, I think my dad has an old one that I might have seen like once, but I never shot a bow, never picked a bow up. And my buddy Phil, who got me into it, he I'm a left-handed, and I'm about the same height as him. And um, he's like, hey, I have my, this old hand-me-down bow. Um, like, if you want, you can practice it or shoot it. And, like, if you're into it, like, you can hunt this year. And, like, huge shout-out to him because he's the one who got me into it. Um he is also who I met Jeff through, um, like huge shout out to him, to Phil, Jeff and our buddy, Tommy. Um, I, I wouldn't have gotten invested in like had anywhere near as much fun or done been any kind of successful as I was without these guys. So like, they're going to hear this at some point and like, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Yeah. So you had a, you had a decent support group that you kind of, uh, that allowed you to really I guess if you had questions, you had, you had people there 
that could walk you through their experiences and help you out as opposed to just going to the computer or watching a YouTube video or whatever. Oh yeah. These guys are awesome. Like Phil's been bow hunting since high school. And, um, so he's been hunting for a whole bunch of years. Jeff's been hunting a bunch of years. Jeff consistently kills great deer. Tommy's been hunting for quite a while as well. Um, and these guys just taught me stuff like even basic stuff like Phil taking me out in the woods and showing me like scouting and then like what I'm looking for, what this means, what that means, what a rub actually means. Yeah. what a scrape is, what a licking branch is, like, because I, I, like, knew nothing. Yeah, so... And then, like... Let me ask you, let me ask you a question here. Um, you know, early 20s uh, is... Uh, that's, I mean, I, I started... You know, I, I had bow hunted before, so I knew a little bit about, um, you know, rubs and scrapes and, uh, you know, the, the basics of deer behavior. But then I kind of fell off the map and I did the, you know, I did the, the sports and stuff in high school. And then it really didn't. And then I went to college and really didn't get back into hunting until. And when I mean hunting, I mean serious hunting until I was 26. So you know, listening to you talk is somewhat like replaying my life as well. And did you, you know, a a young kid doesn't know really what feeling stupid is like, you know what I mean? Like my kids don't feel stupid when they, when they ask a dumb question. Right. But you're older, right? Uh You you have some kind of self-con, you know, like you've probably had, you've probably felt um, self-conscious at some point in your life, you understand what that means. Did, were you afraid to ask questions like dumb, quote unquote, dumb questions at your age? Like, did, did these guys do a good job of making you feel not dumb? Oh no, these guys are the best. Like we'd be driving out in a truck to go do whatever we were doing. And you know, I'd be like, or we'd be in a group chat texting and I'd be like, guys, I know this is a really dumb question you guys, but like, Hey, what does that mean? Like, what does that actually mean? Like, you know? Yeah. And honestly, like they're the best, like they're the greatest group of guys I've ever met. Like the community that I had to them, like honestly changed my time in Nebraska. And like, even now we're still texting about crap, like, um, about shed hunting and scouting right now. And honestly, it's awesome. Like the community part of that phenomenal guys are the best yeah all right so when you started um when you when you picked up those boat that bow for the first time and and you started practicing um what was your learning curve like (laughs) so i'm like oh man i got this like i can figure this out right so i get some arrows from shields or whatever and i go out and you know in a dead end of some back country road where there's just a turnaround by some janky field and i'm like out here and i'm like all right cool like this can't be that hard i gotta phil set me up he like got he's like all right you need a release you need a quiver etc these are the things you need here you go this is everything you need i'm like okay cool like so pull the bow back i'm like all right cool like i can do this this is you know this isn't bad um i let arrow go and it's like i don't even know where it went (laughs) (laughs) i knew you were laughing for a reason okay I'm like, okay, cool. So let's try this again. And it's like, okay, that one glanced off of the block. I had a target block that was, I don't know, two and a half feet wide by two and a half feet wide. One of those little, you know, foam ones. Right, and right. I'm like, okay, what the heck? So, so I like keep shooting. I'm like, okay, I'm able to find these arrows as they're going over. And like, you know, I'm, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm watching these 
arrows like bounce off and I'm watching them fly out and hit the dirt out behind the target. And I'm like, what the heck? So I'm like, and I'm like, I get someone on the target, but it's like nowhere near anything. And I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> Do I have no idea? And, um, so then I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll shoot for a while. And I'm like, all right, you know, I, I think I've had enough for today. Right. You know, first time shooting, of course, I like hit the bow string on my forearm and stuff. My arms all, you know, bruised up and crap. And, um, so I go and I'm talking to him the next day and he's like, what do you mean? Like, how are you that off? He's like, I shot it not that long ago and it like, it was fine. I'm like, dude, I don't know. And he says, well, were you using a peep site? And I, the what? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so, you, so you had a, you, the mechanics, right? You knew, you obviously knew that you got to draw it back. You got to, I mean, did this bow have a kisser button yep. where you were anchoring on your, on your lip and your nose or no, no, it was just a straight peep site, just a straight peep site. Okay. So, uh, but uh-huh. you just weren't lining up. Yeah. Cause I honestly, I was looking at the pins. I didn't realize that there was a, the peep site that you had to line up. And I'm like, afterwards it was like so obvious. Cause I remember being like, what is this thing? Like, <laughs> in the string right and it was like it was the worst i mean i was so bad for so long practicing because i would go out and shoot for like you know an hour and a half two hours like a few times a week and i probably lost like this is even like after i figured out the peeps i'm just adjusting learning learning distances i probably lost a dozen arrows and shield points like before season even started (laughs) no exaggeration hey man i i uh, we've been there. I still lose arrows today, so don't feel uh, these days. So so don't feel bad um, about about doing that. So how long did it take you from the moment that you were shanking arrows, not realizing that you had to use a peep sight, to the point where you started to feel a little confident about? All right, now I feel like I could probably step into the woods and, and maybe kill something. Oh, I mean, it was all of a couple months. I I think I started shooting in like. March or April or something. And, um, I mean, I kept shooting regularly, like until season. And I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I'm like where I need to be. And actually I had that bow and I was out scouting and I don't know what was going on. Um, and the cam got jacked up. I honestly, I'm not really sure what happened with it. Um, cause I never dropped it, but like something happened in the, the um the string actually snapped on me oh boy. Um, while i was out like because I was, I was just out like getting used to like hiking out in the woods like with a bow in my hand just to, like get the feel of it you know and it just snapped on me and i'm like oh crap so i go and i take it to get replaced but you know it's the bow that phil's been using since high school so like they're like yeah uh we like can't actually get a replacement cam for it I'm like, okay, crap. So I'm like, finally, like, shooting where, like, I feel, like, pretty good about it. And then I'm like, okay, well, I've already, like, put this much effort into it. And I'm like, got cams out of this point. And I'm like, I'm going to, I have to hunt. So got a new bow and started shooting again and kept shooting the whole time up until season. And yeah. So did so, you, I mean, did from you, March to, did you end up uh, getting a, a brand new bow or did you buy like a, a used bow? 
I did end up getting a brand new bow. You did. Okay. Just out of curiosity, what did you end mm-hmm. up getting? A PSE Stinger. Okay. And uh, how many bows did you shoot before you made the decision on on that one? I mean, I think that was it. I picked it up and I was like, shot a little bit. And I was like, cool. Good enough. I mean, I, I had no idea. I was like, this is, Phil went with me and he's like, this is like, this is going to get it done. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, all right, like, let's go. I trust you. Yeah. So, you know, for, for someone who is like, for me, I would, I would say that I have a little bit higher of a budget, uh, for hunting gear and equipment than, uh, I don't know, a brand new person, right? Obviously you have, there's a chance that if, you know, money isn't uh, an option, let's just say you can, a guy could go out and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on arrows and, and a bow and all this stuff, um, to get, to get him what he needs. Right. Uh, for me, you know, I know what I like. Um, I'm probably going to buy some, some flagship model of some, brand that's on the top tier um did you walk into this with a budget at all say hey i can't go over over this much money or was that kind of a second thought like hey first i have to find a bow that works and and fits me and then i'll worry about the the budget part of it honestly it was kind of like you know this is my first year like um i'm i'm going into this i don't even know if this is something i'm gonna like really truly enjoy and get into so and honestly phil was like coaching me i was like you know, you like if you have the basics, like you can make that work really, really well. And he's like, "That's what I did for a long time." Um, so honestly, I was like, "I need basics, like what I need to get in a tree and hunt this year." And like, yeah. and there's stuff that like along the way, like I'm sure I'll spend more money than I should this year on stuff that I could probably do without, but is really awesome. Yeah, like so, so it's kind of like just trying to get into the woods and get hunting. Yeah. All right, so how many, at this point, when you bought that new bow, how long was it until the the hunting season? I'm pretty sure it was, like, probably within a month. A month. Before opening day. Right. In Nebraska, is that a, a, a September opener, or is that an October 1st opener? It's September 1st. September 1st, okay. All right, so you had, you, you know. I think. Yeah, so, so you blew your bow out. Um, you got a new bow. How long did it take you to start, you know, cause it's almost like you got to start, you got to start over again, uh, sighting everything in, getting everything, you know, tuned up to, you know, to, to be accurate. How long, I mean, how long did it take you to get back into feeling comfortable again? I mean, to be honest, now that I think about it more, I think it was probably like, it was probably three or two or three weeks before season started. So I was like, really didn't feel like I had enough time at all. Okay. And I was like shooting like the week before. And I was like, all right, like I'm, I'm like, I'm ballpark, like where I need to be. Like not a hundred percent, but I'm like, like I'm going, like I'm going to keep practicing obviously, but I'm like, you know, season opens, like I'm hunting and I'm just, and I just made it up the decision in my mind. Like if it's not a shot that I'm like, I feel good about, I'm not going to take any risky shots, any shots that like, I might be able to make if it's not like something I feel good about, I'm just not going to take it. Cause the worst, like my dad, like ingrained into me, even on like our short hunting trips. And even before that, he always talked about like when he was hunting, like you don't take a shot that you don't like, you don't know you like you have an obligation to the animal to like, you know, actually put them down and not like gut shot something and leave it out there for three days or whatever. Right. Right. 
Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a that's a good thing to teach. What did um so did you start hunting right away in the like the opening weekend in September, or did you give yourself a little bit more time to shoot before you went out? Nope, I hunted opening day. Yeah, okay. So at this point, right, this is the first. This is your. I guess you want to call it your third season per se, but the rifle trips were just like what four day trips, three day trips. Um. Yeah, it was like four or five days. Four, hunting. Four, we were driving, so it was like four or five days. Okay, but this is your first season where you're going to actually be able to learn something, take something away from the woods, get in there, really, really put your boots on the ground and, and start teaching yourself quote unquote bow hunting. So when, when you walked into the woods with a bow for the first time ever, what was kind of going through your head? Um, at this point, did, did you have tree stands already up? Were you doing like a running gun? Were, what were you doing at that point? Um, I was running gunning on all public property. I, uh, got a climbing sticks tree stand, um, that I can just hang and hunt and, um, just on public land. I had some public land where I had got a couple, you know, cheap, like Walmart $30 Tasco cams out. And, you know, I knew there were some deer out there and I had seen some like tracks and some droppings and stuff. So I knew there were deer out there. I was yeah. just like, let's, let's. I'm just going to like throw a stand up, um, played the wind. I was like this, I, I think this is like the property around I want to be at. Yeah. And this is where I want to hunt. So what was your goal going into this first season? If it's brown, it's down or were you, were you like going after a buck? Oh, absolutely. Like brown is down. But I mean, I was like, my goal for the season was honestly like, if I shoot like an eight point or better, I'd be uh, like, if I shoot, I was like, if I shoot a nice eight point, I'll be really, really happy. Yeah. So, but, or just an eight point. Yeah. But you weren't going to pass up any deer, right? It would be awesome to shoot nope. an eight pointer, but you weren't passing anything up. Nope. Okay. I actually shot a doe. Oh, that night of opening season. All right. So, so you walk in, um, what were you looking for on your, on your walk in? I mean, d- all the stuff that your buddies taught you. I mean, I, I can see how if you erased my memory and all the only thing I had on my back was a tree stand that I, I knew, you know, I, I knew how to use a, a bow that I'd been shooting for three weeks. You know, I would at, at times feel overwhelmed uh, about how, where I need to set up, how I need to, you know, hunt this particular area. What was going through your head as you're walking into the woods? Well, I knew I had spent like a fair bit of time. I think I'd had cameras on that property. I think I had two of them out there for probably, I don't know, a month and a half, two months before season. So I knew there was deer out there and I had seen like, I had one kind of decent eight point on there and a couple other smaller bucks, which at that point I would have shot too. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I feel good about this property. I know there's deer on this property. And the place that I ended up setting up opening night was actually at the bottom of a a dried up creek bed. So it was all sand and there was just tracks everywhere. And the wind was right to get in for the access from that side. So I was like, this is where I'm going to go. <laughs> and like, it a hundred percent was like, wow, what am I doing? Like, I have no idea. And I'm, you know, Jeff and 
Phil and Tommy are all out opening iTunes in the group chat, and Phil is sending pictures, and he's over crops, and Jeff's over crops, and I'm like, man, I'm the idiot sitting in a bunch of timber over a freaking dry creek bed. I'm not, I'm not going to see anything. I'm not going to, like, I have no chance. There was a fawn that walked by me, and I was like, oh, okay, little guy, is, is this it? So, um, so, so I honestly, like, go ahead. But you, you did, I mean, you, you did what you were supposed to do, right? Everything that they taught you, everything that you learned about, you know, the scouting that, you know, you kind of were putting all the pieces of the puzzle together and you put yourself in a position, you know, that a, a rookie like yourself would definitely do. And that's tracks on the ground tells you there's deer been there, you know, a deer has been there at some point and that's, you know, you, you played your wind, you set up. And uh, so, so walk us through, you know, when this, when this doe showed up and, you know, when you made the decision, okay, I'm going to actually shoot her. Well, I would love to say that it was like a decision, but honestly, like it happened so fast. Like it was, I mean, I swear it was like two minutes before last light. And I was like about to like put my bow up and like pack up the stand and like be gone and be done. I'm like, man, like, I, I gotta like I gotta figure out where these guys like I gotta get on the same program as these guys and I need to be like on crops because I knew that, like you know bed defeat is like what you're looking for right right so I'm like what am I doing um I'm sitting there and I'm like all right I'm gonna give it like another five minutes but I was honestly like I don't expect to see anything and like I'm sitting down in my tree stand at that point and I look and this doe just comes like trotting up. And I'm like, what? Like, I haven't seen anything all night except that little fawn, which obviously I couldn't shoot. Um, and I'm like, what? what is this? Like, out of nowhere, not approaching from distance. Honestly, I didn't even see it, like, come up. And I just, like, heard it and looked, and it was right there, like, I don't know, 20 yards. And she ran up. She was right on the edge of the dried-up uh, creek bed. And I looked up, and there she was, and she walked literally at like my 12 o'clock straight in front of me and stopped. And I went, okay, I guess we're doing this. And I was already knocked. I had my bow in my hand and, um, I drew back sitting down and she didn't see me. I mean, honestly, I was like, I didn't freak out. I was like, but I was just like, okay, this is, this is happening. I guess we're doing this. So I drew back and, you know, she didn't see me, didn't hear me, I guess. And then I just waited until she took a step forward so that that leg was forward, put the pin where I thought it needed to be and let it go. Um, I heard the loudest smack sound I've ever heard in my life. And I didn't know what that was. I was like, okay, I think I got it. And, um, it donkey kicked, which is what I'm told is what you want to look for. And she donkey kicked and she ran about 45, 50 yards maybe and piled up and, I could see where she laid down and died from my tree stand. Man. So you just shot your first deer ever with a bow. Uh, what, like what kind of emotions were rolling through your head and your body at this point? I was like, Holy crap. Like, <laughs> did that just happen? Because it was so sudden. Like yeah. the time from when I first saw the deer to when I let the arrow go was probably less than a minute and a half. Yeah. And like it, it happened that fast. And I was just, I sent a text in the group chat because we were texting like, Hey, I hear, you know, somebody be like, Hey, I hear something. Or like I saw three does or whatever. And I just like sent, I remember sending a text. It was the most exciting text of my life. 
arrow scent. Nice, nice. And, um, like, were, were you shaking at this point? Because I still shake when I shoot does. So, um, I don't know. At that point, yes. Yeah, okay. So, after I let it go, I was like... You were you were pretty jacked up about it. Oh, I was like, holy crap, like, that just happened. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> calling Phil, and I'm like, dude, I just freaking shot one. And he's like, all right, cool, go, like, stay calm, stay there. I'm like, I can see it from right there. Like, what do I do now? Like, I shot it. Like, what do I do? He's like, all right, stay put. Like, we're all going to come head your way. <laughs> nice. So um, how long did you wait before you got down and walked over to it? I don't know. It was probably like half an hour or something like that. Okay. And did you wait for your buddies to show up or did you get down and walk over to it before they showed up? Uh, I did walk over to it before they showed up. I called Phil and I called my dad. I was like, dad, like I just shot a doe. Like I'm super stoked. Like I'll send pictures as soon as I can. Cause it was yeah. like, it, it was awesome. Like he knew I was out hunting and I was like, it was awesome. Um, what'd your dad say? So I got down because like, like, dude, that's awesome. Like, same pictures when you have it. Like, I don't know if he's quite as excited as, excited as me, but, like, he was uh, he was excited that, like, I actually got it done, like, opening day. I'm like, this is insane. Like, yeah. Um, so I got down, went over there, and, I mean, there it was. It was, like, the smallest little doe you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. It was a yearling doe, and they all the eat the same. They all eat the same. Oh, and she was delicious. Yeah. So, so um, when you walked over uh, to her for the first time, you know, sometimes people would feel excited, right? Um, and maybe with, uh, like for me, I don't feel as much remorse anymore as I used to about you know, killing an animal like this. Um, there was, there was a time where I would feel almost guilty killing, you know, killing a deer. And for some reason, uh, I would feel more guilty about shooting a doe as opposed to a buck. And I'm not sure why, um, you know, there, you know, you, you just took a life. Um, did that bother you at all? Did you have any feelings of remorse or did you feel sorry for the animal or was that just completely blanketed by the excitement of shooting your first deer? <laughs> no, there was zero. I was yeah. pumped out of my mind. I was like, now that's not to say that I don't have like a deep respect for the animals that like I'm out there hunting. Yeah. Cause I know what the deal, I know that that's like the deal. Like I, I do have a deep respect for that. And it's not like, I'm just like going out there to go like, drop some bodies out in the woods. Right. Like, but no, I was there was no regret or remorse. I was way too excited and I was yeah. like, God, this is awesome. This is the coolest thing ever. That's so uh, cool. I walked over and I was like, is it still alive? And I like kind of nudged it with my foot a little bit and I was like, what do I do if it stands back up? But <laughs> she was dead. I, um, it was a perfect broadside, a double long turn. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. And perfect shot. Piled up within 50. Yeah. So, so then like the overall takeaway, like was, you were so jacked and excited. Was, was, was it this big aha moment for you? Um, where you're like, Oh my God, it, it, this moment played such a huge impact on my life that I, I want to do this all the time. Or was it different? I mean, it was like, I was like, 
wow, like this is absolutely unbelievable. I've never felt any kind of rush or excitement like this. And I'm like, if this is the excitement. No, I mean, at the time I was still like so excited that I killed that deer that I didn't realize like how little of like, like I didn't shoot a fawn, but it was like as close to a fawn as you could get without actually shooting a fawn. Yeah. And it was the smallest little doe I've ever seen. After my, the guys came out and they showed me how to gut it and um, helped me with that. It, I mean, it weighed 75 pounds. I threw it on my back and carried it out. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was the smallest deer I could have possibly shot. Yeah. But I was so excited and I was so jacked about it. Um, I was like, if this is what it's like shooting a doe, I don't know what I'm going to do when I sh- if I get the opportunity to shoot a buck. <laughs> like, well, and I was like, I, I remember when we were back at the truck and we were taking pictures of, you know, and these are guys who've hunted deer for like years and years and years. And they've shot, you know, awesome deer. Phil shot studs. He shot a stud the year before. Like Jeff shoots studs all the time. And um, Tommy's got more deer in his garage and I don't even know how he got them all, but it's awesome. Like, and the, these guys were so excited about that being able to be my experience. And I remember that night Jeff said, yeah, you can tell by looking at his eyes, he's hooked. Yeah. And I knew as soon as he said it, he a hundred percent on the money. Like, absolutely. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And, and the fact that you did it with a bow or your first year was with a bow. Was that, was that something special t- as well? Or when, with not having ever shoot a, a deer, you know, I shot a deer with a gun. There probably wasn't really a comparison or did you feel like it was something more special that you did it with a bow? Oh, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Cause I'd always like growing up, I'd been like, Oh man, a compound bow would be so cool. Like, and then when I started shooting, I was like, Oh man, a compound bow is like way cooler than I ever thought it would be. <laughs> like, I thought it would be cool. It's like way cooler than that. Yeah. It was, it was so like, there, there's just, I mean, obviously, you know, because you've done it for so long, like, there's nothing like it. Right. There's, like, a badass level, too. I, I feel like oh, every, time I shoot a, every time I shoot a deer, especially this year when I killed my deer from the ground, I, I felt like a badass. No lie. Oh, dude, if you shot a deer from the ground, too, that's, like, shooting it in a tree stand is, like, that's awesome, but, like, on the ground, like, that's next level. How do you, like, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, right? Well, th- this year, I got lucky, uh, and uh, uh, it was there as I was walking in, but, um, so, so that was your first deer, uh, deer experience, right? You loved it. You felt and it was probably a, a big yep. moment for you. Um, it probably set the foundation mm-hmm. for, you know, for the rest of your, quote, unquote, hunting career. Um but your season's not over because <laughs> you, some, something, very, something very special happened uh, later in the year. Now, when, I'm just going to say this. You killed a buck. When did you kill your buck? I shot that deer on November 10th. Okay, November 10th. So between this opening night and November, let's just say November 1st, how often did you go hunting? I mean, was it all the time? Or was it just like a couple? It was. It was like whenever I possibly could. I would like get out of work and I would have my hunting gear in the car and I would like change 
at work and like drive straight to the tree stand <laughs> and like or wherever I was going. It was, you know, it was the best. My car was absolutely trash. You know, I got all the gas station garbage in the passenger seat and there's mud and there's burrs and just you know my car was just trash for months and i like didn't care it was the coolest thing in the world you know typical it's a typical hunter vehicle man (laughs) that's awesome well not a typical hunter vehicle and there's actually a really awesome story about that um so the thing out of a honda civic um (laughs) i do have i i do have a pretty awesome story that involves a deer going into the back seat of that okay um which is I ended up tagging out um, towards the end of November, and I did end up putting a deer in the backseat of my Honda Civic with a, a tarp under it. Oh, so, buddy. Uh, the Honda Civic like came through. That's awesome. I, I um, always I always love uh, seeing pictures of guys who don't have trucks. Like th- they still bow hunter, they still hunt, uh, and they have a car or they have a uh, a van or some kind of suv and i love it the uh, the picture i saw was some guy took his back seats out of his van and he went on a like a weekend hunting trip and he killed two deer so he had this tarp and he had two dead deer in his uh in his minivan and uh you know like the sliding doors on the side wow. were open so i <laughs> like i i don't know why that that was cool you know not your typical you know dirty truck but all right, so you were hunting. Oh, it was awesome. So you were hunting a lot. Did you kill any more does in between that period of time, uh, the the opening day, and by the time you killed your deer, your buck? I mean, nope, nope. Okay. Did you have any more? I shot enc- nothing. Like, nothing. Did you have any more encounters with deer? Um, there were times where I like saw deer, and I like does. I never had an opportunity on a buck. I let an arrow go at a coyote, but I missed it. Yeah, because uh, I didn't have my release on as I climbed into the tree, which was a mistake that I didn't make again. Yeah, um, I had does and stuff that I drew back on just to practice of like drawing back and not shooting, because of, like, oh, if I get busted by a doe, like it's not a, it's not the end of the world. Like, yeah. So I wanted to practice not getting busted so that like when the time came, like I would be able to. But um, the only other I did have a really cool encounter. I went with Phil to a piece of property where. He had hunting permission, and I was actually, we had morning hunted. I got down out of the stand and was walking back to meet him, and a buck, like a little scrawny six-point or something, came walking. I was looking, and I see antlers walking towards me, and I'm like, you're kidding me, right? He was walking right where the deer, or right to the stand where I would have been if I'd stayed in the stand for like another <laughs> 25 minutes. And so I was kind of like in a little ditch, and I dropped to one knee because I'm like, this deer has not seen me. So I knocked it. I knocked an arrow. Um, I did have my, I did not have my release on actually that was, so I did make that mistake again. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, this is about to happen. Like the trail that he was walking on was the trail that I was walking on to walk out. Yeah. Like he was walking straight towards me and I knew it. Yeah. I had like a little bit of shrubs between him and I, and I was sitting there and he walked around these shrubs and I swear this deer was, five yards away from my face yeah didn't see me until i drew back and i just i couldn't make the shot at that point i drew back on him and he was like right there in my face and it was the coolest that was almost my first buck man that's crazy that was my only other opportunity with a buck all right so they were like were you struggling or did you decide not to shoot another doe 
Um, I decided that I didn't want to shoot another doe. Okay. Right away, because I was like, I was, I was getting, but by the time I got to shooting that buck, I was like, I was itching, and I'd like drawn back on some smaller does and maybe a fawn that I really thought about because um, I didn't want to drag a deer out by myself. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So, um, so when when you started when you started. Uh, um, this whole process, right? You shot, you ended up shooting this doe. Um, you know, you passed some deer for different reasons. Uh, you were, you really kind of wanted a buck now. Um, what were some of the things that you were observing from the tree stand or your access routes or, um, just maybe encounters with different deer that, that, that helped you? Um, by like being in the stand, I didn't really get busted a lot in the stand. So I knew that like I was playing the win game and I was winning and I was getting in early enough and I was getting set up quiet enough that I wasn't busting deer. Right. So I knew that I was like in the right place and I was getting there the right way. I mean, were there probably deer done winning me that I didn't know about? Yeah, no doubt. But like, I didn't see them. So I'm like, I knew I was in areas that had activity. So I was like, okay, it's just a matter of like putting in enough time and putting in enough sits. Like sooner or later, like there's gotta be something. I think there was a sit one time where I saw like 14 does and like a couple fawns and like some scrawny spike or maybe it was like a fork. Yeah. But the fork was on the other side of the property line. Cause it was right up on a property line. I couldn't shoot him anyway. I gotcha. So, uh, um, he was on private did you take anything away from those encounters? Like, Oh, ah, this is how deer, uh, walk through terrain or this is, you know, oops, I got busted this time. I, I shouldn't do that. Or, or things that you were taking out of the timber so that the next time you went into the timber, you, you could put yourself in an even better position. Um, I mean, yeah, like every time I was going out, I was like, Okay, cool. I was learning like, okay, so where I thought the deer were bedding over there, I just watched the doe walk out of somewhere completely different. I'm like, okay, that's not where they're bedding. Or I would be sitting and I would see a doe come out of exactly where I thought they would be. And it would be like, okay, cool. That's where I thought they were coming from. You know, my logic and my reasoning behind that is sound. Okay, now how can I apply that to, okay, now if we're in the rut and like, there's a buck cruising down, he's going to be downwind of that trying to get to smell those does. So like, where do I need to put myself so that I can smack that buck in the face when he walks around looking for does? Yeah. Yeah. So you felt like you were becoming better with every, every hunt, right? Like you were gaining knowledge. Yeah. It was always learning. And yeah. like, I loved that. Yeah. All right. So the next question I have, um, is, like when did the activity start to pick up like because you you killed your buck on november 10th right and you know you listen to your buddies yep. talk and how november is this magical time in the deer woods and you know everybody is excited to get in and you know get hunting and and, and hunt the rut um did once the rut was here and things started heating up a bit did you have any encounters with any decent deer? Did you see any big bucks in the distance? Did anything else get you excited? I did not get eyes on anything bigger than like a spike that was like kind of like a two on each side. Like it was just like a really fat stubby spike. Yeah. Um, and he was like, he was on to me. Like I had, I, I, 
he he didn't like completely see me, but like I wouldn't have shot him anyway because I'm like I'm not I'm not gonna shoot a spike. Like my buddies were pretty shot at me. Like so I was like, dude, you gotta climb the ladder. Like just you know shoot a fork, shoot a six point. I'm like cool. Like all right, and I'm like starting to get like all right. I haven't seen a deer. I haven't seen a buck or had an opportunity to shoot one. And I was running cam, so I was like I was seeing some bucks, and I had like. There's actually one on public that I was really excited about. Um, in hindsight, I was nowhere near where I needed to be to kill that deer, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so there was that one, but honestly, it was like nothing I would have shot and been like, yeah, that's like sweet, cool, I'm good with that. Yeah. So um, you 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 don't think that if uh, a spike or a, uh, like a, a four-corn walked by, you, you decided you probably didn't want to shoot that? Yeah, I was, I was like, I was like, okay, I want to shoot like a six pointer better. Okay. Like I, I was like, okay, six point. But I was like, honestly, I was getting to the point where like, if I'd sell a fork, I was probably going to let him have it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the point where I was getting at just cause I wasn't like, there'd be, I'd be on sets where, you know, for one reason or another, I just wouldn't see deer. Yeah. Now also that like I was hunting in the October lull. So that was like part of it, but I was just like, all right, cool. Like I'm ready to like. Right, it goes with deer. And then I went to a wedding the weekend before I killed that buck. And I was like, man, like, November started, like, I was out of town for, like, four days. I'm like, man, I can't be hunting right now. So I'm, like, getting, I'm like, I'm like, I was ready to shoot something at that point anyway. Right, right. All right. I was about to, I was about to shoot the next big fort that walked by. I gotcha. All right. So you had a goal, but the goal started to fade away. Um, once there was the, you know, the lack of, uh, the hunter, the quote unquote, the hunter comes out. Right. And you decide, Hey man, I, I just want to shoot something. Yeah. I was getting itchy. Yeah. I was, I was like getting ready to shoot a doe too at that point. Right. All right. So on November 10th, you kill a buck. Did you ever see this buck before the day that you shot him? Nope. Okay. All right. So here's Never where saw him. Here's have them on cameras. All right. So I want you to walk us through. First, I want you to tell us why you chose this area and this tree that you set up in, and then walk us through, um, you know, the decision-making process, then walk us through the, the encounter itself of when, what this buck did, um, how you got close to him, like the, the whole thing. Okay. Um, so this property, like I owe Jeff a bottle of bourbon because he's the one who said like, dude, you need to hunt this property. And I'm like, all right, dude, like I trust you. Like you killed deer. And this was the spot where I saw like the ugly spike that I almost shot. And I was like getting testy. I saw the same spike, like in two different spots on that property. And one day on an all day sit and I was like, you're kidding me. Um, but I mean, the property is awesome like yeah there was bedding i found scrapes rubs i found this tree that was like i mean it was probably like a four inch diameter little tree that literally got bent over and like completely destroyed yeah. like i was like i sent a picture to the guys and i'm like this isn't actually a rub right and they're like no it is it's a really pissed off box i'm like <laughs> you're kidding me right <laughs> um so i knew there was a lot of sign and like Jeff said this property has deer and I'm like, okay, sweet. Like I'm going to hunt this property, but, um, the access on it was tough. Um, it really, 
it's an awesome property, but it was like tough to get into. And like, um, I, I knew where like I thought betting was, um, and I was kind of like going off of that. I was playing the wind. Um, so the spot that I hunted was downwind of betting. I got in the far end where the wind was blowing too. So I'm like, you know, this is, if there's a buck circling all around this bedding area, like I, I went far enough around it that I knew I didn't jump anything out of it. I'm like, if, if a buck is going to come through this area, trying to scent check this bedding area, this is like, this is where he's going to have to go. And to be honest, like the spot where I set up, I wasn't like super thrilled about it. I actually set up next to somebody else's game camera because it was out on public. I'm like, and it was a, it was a big travel way. I can tell that right up on the property line. Um, so I knew that deer were passing through there too. I didn't know, like, to be honest, there was, there wasn't buck sign. Yeah. So I was like, just banking off of, okay, we're in the rut. Like, um, I'm downwind the bedding where the bucks are going to go to, if they're going to try to circle this bedding area and get to it. Okay. Um, and no signs, just trails running through there. No, no rubs or, or scrapes or anything like that. No, there were some that I passed like way, way on my entry into the property. Cause I was like, I, I when I said I was in like the farthest back corner of the property, I mean like the farthest back corner of the property. Yeah. Like couldn't have been any farther back literally. Yeah. Um, and I'd pass some of the, that big tree that got bent over and like, um, destroyed by a buck. And there were other, like by that, um, rub, there were scrapes there was another spot that was not adjacent to where I ended up hunting, but it was like, you know, within 200 yards, 300 yards where I knew there was a big scrape, but I wasn't, I was, I'd tried hunting that scrape and I had seen nothing. Um, and that was in October too. So that's part of it. Yeah. But I was like, okay, it's right. Like my buddies are all like, you need to hunt bedding. You need to hunt bedding, get down window bedding. Like, and the box will come to you. Um, so that's kind of what I went for. I went to, okay, this is that, like the very end of the betting area, farthest back corner of the property. You know, this is my best bet. What's and the, honestly, I was like, what not, was the terrain like? Yeah. Uh, was it pretty hilly? Was it flat? It was definitely more hilly than flat. There were parts of it that were like, there was hilly. And then the whole betting area was like flat. I mean, it was a pretty like substantial area. There's just a lot of, like thick brush and stuff like that, um, yeah. which that was fun to drag out of. But um, <laughs> there was hilly getting through all of the property up to the bedding area. And there was that kind of like that back corner kind of flattened out. And um, even on the back side, like towards the edge, there was kind of like some ravines where there were like some little creeks running through to the adjacent property and stuff like that. But for the most part, it was, you know, up and down hills and stuff. Yeah. Um, was this a morning hunt or an evening hunt? Evening. And was it, had you bet, been back there at all uh, before that particular hunt? I had never been back to that corner of the property before. Okay. I'd never been back that far. Gotcha. So honestly, I was like going back and I was just looking for sign. I was like, I'm just going to head towards where I know is like downwind of that bedding. I'm going to look for some kind of sign, a scrape or a rub, 
um, and like just set up on it and I got to the, the far end of it and I didn't see anything that I wanted to set up on or like anything that was even like, I was like, man, like uh, honestly where I set up, I was like, I'm like out of options. Like if I don't hunt here, like I'm, this is, this is my option. Yeah. But it was next to where I saw somebody else's camera. Um, I knew it was downwind of bedding. So I was like, I knew that there was travel ways like right next to it. I was like, you know, because it was also on the edge of where the tree that I was in was kind of on the edge of where the bedding area started. So I knew that like odds were, I had, I had a decent chance of something coming out of that bedding. Yeah. Um, or there'd be deer there, but it wasn't like I knew exactly where I was going by any means. It was like, this is my last option. Right. Okay. So you get the, you get there, um, pretty, pretty typical set setting up your stand. Yep. Yep. Typical setup. Uh, and then how long were you in, uh, the, the stand before you started seeing deer movement? Um, well, actually, that was the only deer I saw. Okay. All right. So um, um, from the moment you got into the stand, did you feel good about it? Like, you know, sometimes they say, oh, man, I feel really good about this this spot. I, you know, I got this gut feeling. I'm going to see something good tonight. Um, or were you kind of indifferent? Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I was pretty concerned because, like, the place I was hunting was not, like, that much acreage. It was under 150 acres. Um, okay. Actually, I think it was a little more than that. It was right in that ballpark. Anyway, yeah. um, when I got to the parking lot, I got there. I got there early. I think I didn't work that day or something, and I just got in there super early. And it was like you know one o'clock in the afternoon or something, or one yeah. thirty, two o'clock, something like that. And I'm getting my gear out. It's cold, so I'm like get I getting all my cold gear on and. I'm there in the parking lot still getting my stand and like, all right. And a pickup truck pulls up and three guys jump out. I'm like, oh crap. You're kidding me. Right. <laughs> I love it. You see three guys. There's three guys out of state hunting from Alabama. And one of them I actually had on one of my cameras on my other piece of public property. And I was like, Hey, you know, are you over there in that spot? And that corner of that property. He's like, what? Um, but they were really cool. Yeah. Um, they're like, hey, where are you heading? I'm like, I'm, I guess I'm going all the way to the far back corner. Yeah. And they're like, all right, cool. So I'm like, cool. I'm on this piece of property, you know, 150 acres. And I'm like, there's three other guys out here right now. Yeah, you're not so going to see I'm nothing, just, right? I'm like, I, I, I hope I'm going to get lucky. Or like, I hope these guys, I mean, the other dude, the one dude was like smoking a cigarette in the parking lot. I'm like, cool. So we got scent control going on too. <laughs> Um, love it i'm just like all right cool i'm, I'm concerned now because yeah. i like i didn't i knew i knew that before i got in i knew i wanted to go that way into the pro- like that direction into the property but now i'm like okay i have to commit to going all the way back or some dude's gonna walk under my stand and completely like blow my chances i'm like i my only option now is to get all the way back yeah which i got there early enough that i was able to anyway yeah. so i wasn't super concerned about that and they were cool they're like all right cool we're gonna be like here and like you know we're not gonna go past where you are and go yeah by that area where you're at i'm like okay cool sweet but obviously i'm still concerned like it's, it was not that much land yeah um and there was a river in it too so it kind of got split up a little bit so there's only so much of it that you could hunt 
um, or just huffy at certain parts of it. Like I pretty much would, even if they hadn't told me, I would have like known where they were going yeah. or been able to guess. I gotcha. Um, so I'm like, there's a pretty good chance that like, I'm like, I'm going to see like a deer running towards me and like fall down and die with one of these dudes arrows in it or something. <laughs> so that's what you were thinking about the whole time. Uh, yeah. And I was like, honestly, I like not on fine. I'm out of options. I know I can't go back because I've already walked over that. And my scent is there. I'm like, this is, this is the, like, this is it. This is do or die right here. This is my only option. Yeah. And I, I wasn't super thrilled about it because I didn't have sign. I'm like, this is going to be a bust. Yeah. But so you get back there, you get set up, you weren't feeling the spot, like, you know, whatever, uh, no other deer come by. How, like, what time did you first see him? I probably saw him at four thirty-five, four forty. Okay, probably four thirty-five. So, getting real close to last light again. Yep. Yep. All right. So it was still pretty light. I, still pretty light. Yeah. Okay. So it was. Well, we were getting there. Yeah. So sun's starting to go down. Um, when you first saw him. Did it register, like, how big this buck was? I mean, did you have time to react to him? Was he going through the terrain fast? Was he slow? Did, did it look like he got pushed, potentially? What was what was the, what was the body language of this deer? He was doing the, like, honestly, he was just, like, cruising. He was doing, like, the head bobbing, like, up and down, just kind of, like, plodding along like he had not a care in the world. Yeah. And I'm like where did this deer just come from? Yeah. Again, like same thing. I was like looking somewhere else or I was looking down at something or I was, you know, screwing around with my bow or something like that. And I looked up and he's at probably 55, 60, 65 yards away. I'm like, okay, there's, there's a deer. Um, and he was at probably like my one o'clock and he's walking towards me, like at a 45 degree angle. And I'm like, Okay, like, all right, I got wind coming over my left shoulder, so he's approaching from my right, and I'm like, one of two things is going to happen. Like, he's going to keep walking at the angle he's at, and if he is, he's going to walk. Cause he was walking almost directly, like, at an angle but at me, so, like, there, I wouldn't have had a shot at that angle, so I was like, he's either going to keep walking at this angle and I'm not going to get a shot, or he's going to turn and give me a broadside. Like, one of these two things is going to happen. And you asked about, like, did it register? And the answer to that question is absolutely not. Because I saw him, and I saw a big body, and I saw a wide frame, and I said, okay, he's an eight point. I'm going to shoot him. Yeah. Okay. Um, after that, did not look at his antlers. I made the decision as soon as I saw him, didn't look at his antlers, had no idea what I was looking at. I said, he's at least an eight point. I'm going to shoot this deer. Okay. How do I shoot this deer? Good move. Where is he walking? Like, where am I going to get my shot? Um, you know, how do I stand up? Put my seat up. Like, where am I going to draw? Because he was walking straight. I mean, it was like all open until like two trees that were like probably almost 30 yards away from me. I'm like, if I stand up right now, there's no way this deer doesn't see me. Yeah. Like, I'm like, and at this point, I'm still not looking at antlers. Like, I, I do not look at his antlers at all. Yeah, I said he's wide enough that I'm going to shoot him. This is a buck. Like this is my first opportunity at a buck that's big enough that like 
I'm actually going to take a shot at it. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of made up my mind of, I'm going to shoot this deer. Right. Like not looking at it. And honestly, it wasn't conscious to not look at it. My brain just went straight to, I honestly didn't get buck fever at all. It was like, okay, where's he walking? When am I going to shoot him? When can I stand up? I need yeah. to watch like, okay, as, okay, he turned that way. I, I'm standing up. I'm putting my stand up. Okay. He didn't see me. He didn't hear me. Okay. He's keeping walking. Um, and he started walking and he's, he's getting closer and closer and I'm waiting. I'm like, here's my opportunity to bring my bow up. I haven't drawn yet cause he moved his head back up and he walked behind that tree. There's two trees that were, I were probably at like 25, 30 yards. And I'm like, this is the max range I've been shooting at. And I'm like 30 yards. I'm like, you know, I, I've been practicing, but it's like, I'm not like a hundred percent confident that I'm going to hit like, you know, size of a baseball at that, at that right. distance. I'm right. like, I, this is the first opportunity, the first real opportunity, real bucking I've had. Like I'm sending an arrow at this deer and it's how am I going to do it? And he stepped behind one of those trees and his head was behind it. I drew back and the cam on the top of my bow creaked right in my ear. And I was like, Oh God, no. Did that oh, get his no. attention? Uh, he didn't hear it. Oh buddy. But that when I drew it back and that cam creaked, I went, Oh no. <laughs> oh no, I'm done. Like, this is it. Like everything I did. Perfect. Like he didn't see me. He's going to hear my stupid bow. Um, and I drew back on him, and of course he like dinks around behind the tree, and he's like standing there, and then like takes his time. He steps out, but his that leg is back, and I'm like, nope, I'm not taking that shot. Like this is at my max range. I have to give myself the best chance at this deer. So I waited until he put that foot forward, took one more step, let it go. Still not looking at antlers. I connected. I knew I did. I heard it. Um, and he turned. 180 degrees started running back the way he came and as he was running i could see still not looking at his antlers still um just like completely focused on making the shot and i turn as i see him turn and run i can see the arrow still sticking out of his body yeah and that side where the exit side would be he has blood pouring down his side and i mean he hasn't gone 15 yards yet yeah. and i said boom got him like nailed him he's got blood visibly running down his side yeah. within you know three seconds of the shot because he turns around he whips around you know faster than you knew a deer could move and he's bleeding like yeah. i'm like got him there's no way this deer doesn't go down um at that point like all the buck fever that hadn't like hit at all all hit at the same time i like dropped to my street stand like sitting where like sitting where your feet would stand. I'm like, can't breathe, like freaking out. Can't get my phone. Like can't call anybody. Cause I'm just like literally freaking out. Like I, I couldn't breathe. I was like, Holy crap. I just shot him. I knew that I'd made a good shot because I knew like I saw, I literally saw the arrow in the deer. Yeah. So it's like, and I'd never seen that before either too. So that was wild. Yeah. But he had blood pouring down his side. I saw where it was inside. I was like, I know I connected where I needed to. Right. And I'm like, there's no way this deer doesn't die. There's no way. Yeah. Like he's dead. So did you watch him fall down or did he work his way off out of sight? He was sprinting and he got out of there. So gotcha. he, he did not donkey kick. So I knew that like, but I still knew like from being able to see the exit 
where the arrow was, I was like, there's no way he doesn't die. But he ran probably, I don't know, 150 yards out of sight. And I was still like, just tracking like, okay, where is he? Where am I going to go to like find blood? Like, where am I going to be able to see like where, where this deer is so I can go pick up where he's bleeding from. Yeah. And then as soon as he was out of sight and I couldn't hear him anymore, it just all hit and couldn't breathe. I'm like freaking out. Um, called my, uh, my best friend. Like, I was like, yo, I just freaking shot a deer. I'm like, still can't breathe on the phone. Then I call Phil and I'm like, dude, I just shot an eight point. Like, where are you at? He's like, I'm like 45 minutes away. Let me get down out of my, you know, let me get out of the woods and I'm going to come out and head that way. I called Jeff and he's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I did. He's like, (laughs) well, what is it? I'm like, he's like, well, what is it? I said, like, I'm going to be honest. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a buck. The antlers. Like I said, it's wide enough that it's got to be an eight point. Right. So I'm like, you know, give it 20 minutes. I'm like, calm down. I'm like, okay, cool. Sun's about to be down. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to run over there. I'm not going to follow. I'm not going to chase it all the way, but I'm going to go like find out where the blood is while I can still see. So I can get on a blood trail and at least have a start on where I'm going to start once Phil gets out here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I go check it out. I'm like, okay, I see two lines of blood, like, you know, however far apart. And I'm like, cool. He's bleeding out of both sides. Like, yep. boom, got it. This deer, like, got him. Done deal. So I marked a spot on Onyx. I'm like, okay, this is where my blood trail is. And then I went back. To, uh, Phil was still on his way. He was going to be a minute still. Um, so I went back, packed up my stand, uh, put some more markers so I knew, you know, where I shot him, which direction he was facing, um, where my last sign of, where I saw the blood last and where I stopped following it um, so that I have a reference point to start from when Phil got there and, you know, hiked out to the parking lot, get out to the parking lot. Phil's there. At this point, there's the three guys who came in the same truck are in the parking lot already. And as Phil and I are about to walk in, I'm like, yeah, I shot an eight point, I think. And they're like, okay, cool, whatever. And then as Phil and I are about to walk in, another dude walks out. I'm like, so there's another truck there. I'm like, okay, there's another guy out there. Yeah. He says, so I guess you're not hiking in there for your health, huh? Because yeah. pitch is of course. Yeah. And I said, nope. Um, so there's actually ended up being four, five guys on that property. Yeah. Um, and I was the only one that sent an arrow that night. Yeah. So we're, Phil and I are like walking out there and we're, you know, we're hiking out and we're hiking through like all this hilly stuff. And I'm realizing like there's some, there's a creek that ran through it. There's a couple, and one of them went to a really sharp ravine, and I'm like, so I was like, so uh, this is really hilly, and I'm like, oh, crap, because I'm realizing what he's saying. He's thinking yeah. about the drag. I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. Like, and it's, like, steep. There's some spots that are steep, and there's, like, rocks, brush, you name it. Like, mm-hmm. um, there were some trails, but even in, through the trails, like, it, it was rough, yeah. and I'm like, crap. So we're walking out, and I'm like, so, dude, like, I'm really – Dude, I'm, I'm getting really nervous now because, like, now I'm really nervous that, like, I just got too excited and I just shot, like, a six-point. Yeah. And Phil's like, well, you know, we'll just, we'll just have to see when we get out there, right? Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm going to be, like, 
because I'm thinking like this drag is all the way in the very back corner of the property. I'm like, this drag is going to suck. And if that's a six point. Like I'm going to be upset. Like we're thinking about like cutting his head off and just like field dressing and pulling back straps and stuff. And we're like, this, this could be really brutal. So I'm like this deer, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm freaking out. Cause I'm like, what if this deer is not what I thought it was? Cause I didn't know what, they, what, what this dude had on for headgear. Yeah. And so we get out there and I'm sitting here like, man, if this is a six point, like this is going to be very, uh, very disappointing. And I'm going to feel like, you know, this is going to be terrible to drag this thing out. It's probably not, you know, it might not be worth it. Yeah. Um, so we get out there, we get back to the last point of blood and we're following this blood trail. We got steady two drops the whole way and two sets and we're, we're following it. We're following it. And, we got bubbles in the blood, like, so I now got blown, um, and we're like, okay, cool, like, this, like, um, but then it went down to single droplets, and it was single droplets, like, one every, like, 10 feet, and I'm like, I'm getting scared, Phil didn't say it at the time, he said it later, but he was, like, getting really concerned about it, too, so we're like, man, this is sketchy, and we kept going for a little bit more, probably 30 yards of one drop at a time, and then there was just a pile and we're like, okay, sweet, cool. Like huge sigh of relief. And he's like, we're going and there's kind of this hill that it starts going down. And, um, I'm still looking at blood and Phil looks up and sees him before me. And he says, Hey John, look up. That's not a six point. And, um, Phil saw it before I did. And he had like six points on that side. Yeah. And, um, he ended up, we got up there, he was probably a four and a half year old, we think, and um, 15 scoreable points. You said six, 16, 16 scoreable points? 15, oh, I'm 15. Sorry. Okay, 15, okay. 15 scoreable, double brow signs on both sides, <sighs> a split G3 on his right brow. I mean, Phil's like, dude, do you have any idea how big of a deer you just killed? Right. And I'm like, I really don't. Phil's freaking out. He's like, this is the biggest deer I've ever laid hands on. Yeah. And we're like, this deer is huge. His body's just massive. Big old neck on him. He's got a big scar on his shoulder, like right above my shot. So somebody shot him the year before and didn't finish the job. And he's just an absolute monster. I mean, yeah. he weighed 250 with his guts taken out. Yeah. That's crazy. An absolute tank of a deer. So 250 with his guts taken out and so, and you said he's a hundred, roughly 165 inches. Yep. First buck you ever shot with a bow on your first year of bow hunting. That is correct. There's a lot of people, including me who are pissed off at you right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm very aware. Right. They've made it very clear. Right, right. But I, I do um, want to. I do want to say one thing while it's still fresh in my mind. Right, you, you're you you were going through this this little phase, and I know that some it even hap, it happens to everybody. But do me a favor and try real hard to you know like when you're saying, "Wow, oh, it's not worth it." You know, I hope what I shot was worth it. Right, every deer you shoot is worth it. Like no matter what the drag is or whatever, whatever, at that point, you know, you shot an animal, every deer that you shoot 
is worth it because you know it's a living thing and in my opinion this is just me you know it is one of those things where the animal deserves all the respect right and so Mm -hmm. no matter what size of antlers and i think a lot of people get you know um distracted by that right it's like oh man i I hope it was a six point because if not, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have been worth dragging out. It's always worth it. It's always worth dragging out because there's a lot of meat on that animal that you're going to be able to eat and give to your friends and do whatever you want to with it. And, and at the same time, you know, it, it, it gave its life for a hunter to, you know, to harvest. So uh, just keep that in mind as well. Yeah, that actually like sounds very similar to something I was just listening to another podcast. I think it was the Hunting Public, and um, one of the guys was saying like one of his regrets was deer that he didn't shoot because of like what people might think or something like that. It was yeah. something along those lines of like, and he said my only regret like learning bow hunting and like getting into it was not shooting more deer. And honestly, yeah. like I can say like at, now, obviously this was after shooting you know this four and a half year old one hundred and sixty five inch deer yep. in rifle season. I tagged out on what would have been an eight point, but he had one side busted off. Uh, so he just had the brow, like just a single brow tine on it. And honestly, like I dragged that deer out by myself. That's when I threw in the back of the Honda Civic. Like that was my first deer that I solo gutted and dragged by myself. And I can honestly say like, it was a hundred percent worth it. Like he would have been a great, like beautiful eight point. If he'd had his other side, he wasn't big. He was like a two and a half year old. Yeah. Baby. yeah. Um, but I can honestly say like, I don't regret shooting that. I have the antlers like sitting here in my living room and it's like, it's so cool because like, this is a deer that I shot, even if he doesn't have like a match set and he, because he has one antler busted off, like the experience of being able to say that in my first year, like I killed a doe with a bow, a buck with a bow. I shot the, I shot that gimp buck with my, a rifle. I shot him during rifle season, but to be able to say that I tagged down my first season, shot a buck with a bow, a buck with a rifle and a doe with a bow. I'm like, I have no regrets about that season at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, um, you, you ended up shooting, uh, just had a one hell of an opening season for bow hunting. So you, unreal. uh, So you've moved from Nebraska now to Illinois. Um, you know, obviously there's a little bit of starting all over again when it comes to scouting for public. And, um, you know, you're, you know, if you're living on the West side of Chicago, there's a chance you're going to be doing a little bit more driving, uh, than what you did last year to get to some, some public. Are you, are you equally excited about this upcoming season? I am super excited. Like, because if I'm being like, I'm, I, I have no, like I have no delusions of grandeur here and like Jeff keeps me humble too. Like the guys keep me humble. That like, and I know they, they say like great job and stuff, but I know that like I was lucky this year, hundred percent, nothing about it. The deer that I killed walked right up on me. The buck that I shot in a rifle came out from behind me. Like he was downwind of me. Like I shouldn't have shot that deer. Like I don't, don't know what the deal with that is. That buck that a hundred percent luck just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Took a lucky guess no in like no intel in that location i know that like this season was lucky and i'm super excited and pumped about that like that was really cool but now like even going back like just before coming on and being able to talk to you i was thinking through the story and like you know i was thinking about how that tree that i saw tore up really bad on that side of that property was probably where that buck came from like there's a good chance that my buck was the one that did that so it's like it's really cool to reflect 
And um, you all right there? Yeah, I'm fine. I had to shut my mic off because I was <laughs> hacking on a bug or something. I don't know what happened. But I mean, it's, yeah, it so sounds like, like you had a, a. I mean, everything just is perfect, and it it's it's a foundation of what's to come. Oh, it's an absolute dream opening season. You know, I I went in like I was like, if I shoot an eight point and I get a Euro Mountain and it's a scrawny eight point, like this this season is a W. And like I ended up taking a buck to the taxidermist, which I didn't expect to do in my first year. Like that's crazy. I, I literally said, like, there's no way I'm going to taxidermy something unless I shoot an absolute monster of a deer. And, like, when we got out there and found that deer, I'm like, well, I said it, and now it's going to happen. Um, but I'm super excited to take, like, I'm excited to go from being lucky to, like, learning a lot. Like, I'm listening yeah. to a lot of podcasts. I'm getting out scouting, talking, having conversations, learning from guys like you and my buddies, and listening to these podcasts, like, Dan Infall, John Everhart. I got John Everhart's book, like, so much good information out there i'm really excited to go from being lucky to like learning and actually right. being able to like be good and be like okay i shot this buck at this spot because i knew he was going to be here because of x y and z like i'm super excited for the learning aspect because even as i listen to you know and i'm gathering this information and learning all this stuff i'm going back and stuff from hunts that i had before last season where it didn't mean anything to me back then it means so much more and i'm understanding like Oh, this is why that deer did that. Yeah. That's why that buck was there. Right, right. So it's really cool, and I'm super excited to, like, really learn. And I'm excited for the challenge of, like, learning completely new public, because Illinois public is, from what little I've looked at, it's very different from Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be probably... And there's a, a lot less of it. Yeah, a little bit more competition, if I had to guess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, man, I tell you what... Uh, Congratulations on one hell of an opening season, and uh, good luck this uh, upcoming season, man. Uh, stay in touch. Absolutely. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. I'm absolutely super excited. Like, this is nothing like anything I've ever done in my life, and I'm, like, super thrilled to continue to build on what I've learned and just, like, have a really good time going out and being in the woods, even if I'm not shooting. Like, if I don't shoot a big buck this year, I'm, I'm okay with that. If I learn, like... And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books. Huge shout out to John for taking time out of his day to hop on and chat with us. Huge shout out to all the partners of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, uh, Lone Wolf, Wasp, Ozonics, and uh, Vortex Optics. Like I said, please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Lastly, please subscribe to the Nine Finger Chronicles on Instagram or um uh, excuse me on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast like and follow on Instagram and Facebook and uh, other than that stay tuned the nine finger kitchen is about to drop really really soon and hopefully you guys are uh, as excited about that as I am so here we go let's get in oh wait I don't even know what I'm doing right now have a good day and we'll talk to you on Friday. Thank you.